Life is full of challenges. With an unpredictable economy and just as surprising life changes, you need to be prepared to weather any storm. Elder law and estate planning attorney Kevin Tharp and financial advisor Gary Anderson are available to help you with life's difficult decisions. This is Truth in Planning. Are you ready? I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, a few weeks ago in in church, our pastor asked us that question, are you ready? Are you prepared? And that's a huge, very important spiritual question because that answer to that question really depends on, will determine where you spend eternity. And ironically, at that uh, particular service, uh, one of my staff, uh, paralegals, Stephanie Dixon, uh, attended church with Missy and Callie and I. It was Easter Sunday church, actually. And our pastor asked that question, are you ready? Well, unfortunately and unexpectedly, uh, two days later, uh, Stephanie passed away in her sleep. It's left a huge hole in our office. It's left a huge hole in her family. Uh, her, her siblings and her nieces and nephews uh, all live in Iowa, and she's with them. Uh, she's out there now. Uh, she's buried with her grandparents who passed away a few years ago, 37 years old. It's not one of those things that you think is going to happen. You know, it was different when dad passed away, when our parents passed away. Uh, yes, we miss them. And yes, it left a huge hole in our heart, but it was over a long period of time, almost 88 years for my dad, 87 for my mother. And we had time to prepare we had time to spend time with them. But with Stephanie, it was the last thing she said to us before she left that Tuesday night. We were up at our office up in Young Harris, and she said, is there anything else I can do for you before I leave? And, you know, next thing you know, she's in heaven. So I'm going to ask this question of all of us, and this is including myself. Spiritually, are you ready? And you can know that. The Bible tells us how we can know that. But I'm also going to talk about today, are we prepared as a matter of legally? Legally, are we prepared when something happens to us? And I'm going to start with this first something that can happen because it's universal to all of us. Gary, in the 35 years I've been practicing law, I found that one thing we all share in common that we're all going to die. And that is a universal thing that applies to all of us. Unless we're one of the fortunate ones to be here when the good Lord comes back. Okay. And if we have a relationship with, uh, with Jesus Christ, we won't be left behind when he does come back. But we're all going to pass away. And so are we prepared for that? And here's one of the most common question, uh, common responses, replies that I hear uh, from my clients, prospective clients, when I speak to a group on this topic, because this is what I do for a living. I help people prepare legally for when they pass away. And here's what I hear people say. I have a will. Well, I need to get a will, you know. I, I, we need to get that document in place, or we need to get it updated. Man, it's been so long ago that we did it. If something happened to both of us now, our kids would have to go live with their aunt and uncle. 
In fact, my mother and father-in-law were in that category for a number of years. They hadn't had their will updated in a number of years. Uh, and if something had happened to them you know, 10 years ago, Missy would have to go live with their Aunt Robbie and Uncle Larry, <laughs> which may not be such a bad thing. I hear they cook well. They do. Excellent. So are you ready? And being ready legally for when you pass away, Gary, is more than just having a document. So what are the steps we can take to be prepared legally for when we pass away? You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, and I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Tharp, estate planning and elder law attorney. And Kevin is asking the question today, are you prepared? And Kevin, I think the example with Stephanie, losing Stephanie as early as, as, as such a young age, should make us all aware that we do need to be prepared and uh, as the years go on, of course, that likelihood of us not being here any longer um, becomes more and more of a thought. And so, yes, planning for this sometimes is something people don't want to do. But once you make the decision, I think people are always happy that they've gone ahead and gotten this planning done. It gives you peace of mind. Mm -hmm. So here are the two things, Gary, you can do legally. And you'll know you're ready when you pass away. Number one, you need to put your wishes in a legal document. I know there's a lot of people that after something happens to a loved one, they'll come back and they'll say, oh, I know so-and-so would want this. And oh, no, I want so-and-so that would want this. I've seen many, many families that have uh, uh, split up at the funeral because somebody wanted to do a funeral one way and somebody else said, oh, no, they had this in mind. So I always tell people, put those wishes that you have, no matter what they are, no matter how detailed or specific or how general they are, put it in writing. Now, Gary, the most common document that most people go to to put their wishes in writing is a will. But you've heard me say this many times on this show before. Having a will is like building a car and never putting an engine in it. It's going to look good. It may give you temporary peace of mind that, hey, I've taken care of this. I'm ready now when I go. But a will alone is not enough. Why? Because if a will alone was enough, then we wouldn't need the process called probate. We wouldn't need to prove the will. We wouldn't need to carry out and take those extra steps. And the reason that a will is not enough is because it's missing title. You cannot title your assets in coordination with that will. You will not go on the deed record in Hall County or any other county. You will not find a deed registered in the last will and testament of John Doe or Sally Doe or Kevin Tharp or Gary Anderson. Because you can't title property in the name of your will. You can't, nor should you, name your will as a beneficiary of your IRA retirement account or your life insurance policy or your annuity or your CD, payable on death, or your brokerage account. So since you can't title things in the name of a will, when you die, you're not prepared, you're not ready, and therefore, because there's extra steps your family has to take. And that extra step is called probate. And the simple reason that you have to go through probate, Gary, is because a will is missing title. So that's why we like using a trust. 
because a trust is a legal document like a will where you can express your wishes about what you want to happen when you die. You can be very specific or you can be very general. You can put in uh, your trust, hey, I want to leave everything to my spouse, but if my spouse survives me, uh, God forbid, in a nursing home and incapacitated, that I want everything to stay in my trust to take care of my spouse. Or I want to leave everything to my children, but if my children are in the middle of a divorce or bankruptcy, I want everything to stay in trust for their benefit and protection. So you can put whatever wishes you want in a trust, and then you can title your assets from your home and your bank accounts to uh, your retirement accounts and your life insurance policies. You can title those things in coordination with that trust so that when you die, you're prepared legally and you've taken care of things. There's no extra steps that people have to take, like going through probate. So get wishes and title coordinated together. You have a complete estate plan. And Gary, from a legal standpoint, you are ready. Kevin, there's no time better than now. Why don't you give people your information so they can come and talk to you about this? Gary, my website is kevintharpe.com. Coming up next, are you afraid of outliving your savings? Afraid of outliving your savings. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. Gary, I think about my dad when you mentioned that topic or made that statement. I think about my dad. My dad's plan was he was going to live his life long enough. In fact, he put pen to paper and figured 102 years old. On his 102nd birthday, he will have spent every dime he owns so that if he died the next day, he'd bounce a check to the funeral home. And that's kind of how my dad, you know, he was going to he was going to outlive his money. Well, and Kevin, what you didn't understand there, you didn't know that he had had a conversation with me and we had both agreed that you would take care of him and, and make sure he was <laughs> well financed. I'm sure you did. I'm sure he did. I know. <laughs> so he wasn't worried about outliving anything. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but Kevin, that as far as the number one fear that people in retirement have and people leading up to retirement, the number one fear they have financially is running out of money before they leave this earth. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a frightening thought and you do see it happen. It's not uncommon for this to happen, especially given the circumstances that we're faced with today with rising inflation, um, interest rates higher. Taxes. Prices are high. Everything is, is, is more expensive. Taxes as well. So you see why people have this fear. Even though they think they can do it now, they're also concerned about the circumstances that may change this situation and they won't be able to afford things as they, as they go through their lives, their, through their retirement. A lot of this came from 2022. 2022 was not a great year for the markets. As you know, the markets were down for the entire entirety of 2022. And so, you know, people who were soon to retire or in retirement 
were the people who were affected most by the value of their 401ks and their IRAs going down because the markets went down. Um, a lot of people saw losses of 20% or more in their retirement accounts. Now, were they real losses? Well, they were only real losses if they had sold the investments they had in those accounts. But nevertheless, it's a loss when you look at it and you see, okay, last week I had $100,000. Now, just a few weeks later, a month or two later, now it's worth $80,000. That really does have an impact on the way people perceive their retirement and the way they're going to be able to go through their retirement. It's a frightening thing for this to happen. So that does lead us to questions. You know, right now when we look at when the surveys tell us, a recent survey that I looked at, nearly half of retirees expect to run out of money in retirement. Now this is different than just a, a year or two ago when people who had planned, thought they had planned well or thought they just had enough money uh, they felt like they could get through their retirements okay, but now all these pressures that we're getting, economic pressures especially that we're getting at this point, make people really second-guess that. And so it does lead us to questions like, what changes, if any, should you make to your investment portfolio to take back control of your retirement? What changes you, should you make? And this is a question people ask all the time. And... It, it is, it's a good question, and we're going to get into a little bit more of that later. Um, the impact of, the, of market losses has really had a damaging effect on people's confidence with retirement. Two of the biggest problems that also emerged in 2022, which have really shaken people's confidence, is something we mentioned earlier, inflation. Right now, as opposed to a little over a year ago, the value of that dollar that you have, the spending power of that dollar is 6.5% less than it was then. So in other words, the dollar that you could spend on something a couple of years ago or a year or so ago uh, is only worth about 94 cents now uh, from a spending perspective. That's troubling, and that continues on. That's what inflation is doing to us. It continues to hit us this way, and it is very concerning. If you're retired, you're on a fixed income, you're getting money from Social Security, you're getting money maybe from a pension, some funds from your IRA, your 401k, you're getting this, but you're thinking, well, this is finite. This is something that's limited. And if everything keeps costing me more, and we also have a market that's going down like it has been, then you're getting hit from two different directions all at once. With the value of your investments being down and inflation going up, you tend to think, well, if I have to start drawing more from my investments to offset this inflation, how is this going to impact me 20, 30 years from now? We're talking about uh, what happens if we outlive our money in retirement. And uh, with Gary Anderson, financial advisor, I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And Gary, I know... That is a, it can happen. We've seen it happen uh, with people that we know and, and others, and it's a very scary thought. And there are a lot of factors that can cause our money to disappear before we do, before we leave. And uh, some of these topics that you've talked about and mentioned, we can control some of it, like how our money is invested. We may not have a lot of control over taxes, 
but we can adjust those how we have things invested when taxes go up or other things happen. So I think that is is a great point that I know you're going to explore a little further. And I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, Kevin, about people asking if they should change or what they should change about their accounts, what they should change about the investments they have now, if they should change anything. And it is a good question. Now, the typical answer that you get from the financial advisor, the brokerage community is, well, you're just better off leaving it alone. You want to make sure that it's there when it, when everything starts to come back. It's there when the markets go back up. Hopefully when inflation goes down, that money will make, it will make up for the losses and probably even, even give you more money in return at some point in time than it was. But that's not now. And now is the reality. Now is the fear that people have, and it's creating this fear that they think they're going to outlive their money during their retirement years. And you got to always think about this. There's two spouses involved typically. And uh, the first spouse may, may die and still have money. They may have plenty of money at that point in time. But when the second spouse lives on, the second spouse is more actually has a more likelihood of getting of running out of money during their retirement than two spouses at the time did because time marches on. And the longer you live, the greater that likelihood becomes. So if you've, you know, if you have the same investments that you had several years ago, I would say with if you did have the same investments, eh, maybe you need to look at that. You might need to step back and take a look at your accounts to see if things need to be changed then. But changing just for changing's sake usually creates more problems than it does answers. So we want to make sure that you're not doing anything dramatic and throwing the baby out with the bathwater, per se, to help yourself now when you might not be helping yourself at all by making too many changes all at once to the investments that you have. Again, it deserves a second look if you've had these investments for a long time and you haven't changed them. And we do run into this. You see people with 401ks all the time that'll tell you, you know, I haven't changed my, I've been working for 30 years, had a 401k for 30 years, and I've never changed the investments in there at all. Well, if you're getting close to retirement, that definitely deserves a second look because you probably were invested very aggressively and growth-oriented back years ago, but now as you're approaching retirement, you better start rethinking that. That does deserve a look right now. You need to start thinking about changing those investments, but change them in a way that's constructive as a part of an overall plan. Gary, I know our listeners would um, like more information on this. They'd like to take that second look maybe at their retirement account, their 401k account. How can our listeners take that first step? Kevin, they can reach us at Anderson Advisors, 888-371-2847. They can also go to the website, Gary-Anderson.com. We'll be glad to have you come into the office. We'll even set up a 15-minute phone conversation if you'd like to talk about it before you come in. In the next segment, we're going to talk about are you prepared if you have to go into a nursing home?
nursing home. Are you prepared? I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. And I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. Gary, I asked that question not because it's a definitive question or the answer is a definitive answer, like in the previous segment when I talked about are you ready for what's going to happen when you die, uh, because that is a definitive statement. We're all going to die. But statistically, what I've seen over the years that I've been practicing as an elder law attorney and just looking at all different kinds of statistical areas, one thing I've seen consistent and is common across the board, male, female, uh, is we're all living longer, a lot longer than probably was ever expected, to be honest, with medical technology and the developments uh, in medicines and things, people are living longer. People realizing uh, now many of the things that they do, many of the things they eat and their lifestyle choices and things like that have an impact and can shorten that life. So they've made lifestyle changes and people are just living longer. But what happens, another thing that I've seen statistically is the longer we live, our body declines, our body deteriorates. And there are more and more health issues that we face in our 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s that we didn't face in our 20s, 30s, and 40s. So people are living longer, but their health issues are getting, I don't want to say worse, they're getting more serious. There's more issues. I know I was watching a segment on a, a morning show, the Today Show, and they had a doctor on there about things that you should test that you should be doing uh, in your 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and even up. And what I found is that that in your 80s, it was just like there was a whole three pages worth of tests that you had to take. Uh, and at that point, it's like, who cares, right? <laughs> so people are living longer, but they're having more health issues. And there's a whole industry now based on caring for people over a long period of time as they get older. Long-term care. We're dealing with things like Alzheimer's and dementia in such numbers that we probably didn't, uh, I know, ever before. So are we prepared if we need long-term care? And more specifically, long-term care, the highest level, the most extensive level of care we might ever need, health care, is a nursing home. I know my father's nursing home was over $10,000 a month, the same with my mother. On average, in this area, you're looking at right now seven, eight, nine thousand dollars per month to be in a nursing home. And those costs are going up. Talking about cost of inflation, those costs are going up, you know, five to seven percent per year. Talking about outliving your money, the longer you live, that is a huge thing that can impact our money. Is we live longer, we're going to need more expensive care. And nursing home is the most extensive level of care, thus it's the most expensive level of care. And that's why there's things like Medicare and Medicaid, and, and for certain individuals, veteran benefits that can help pay for that level of care. Unfortunately, there's no Medicare or Medicaid to pay for uh, assisted living or memory care or care in our home, which is statistics show us and surveys show us that most people will prefer to receive their long-term care in their home rather than outside of their home. And unfortunately, 
in this state at least, there are no government benefits. There are no Medicaid and Medicare at least that will pay for care outside of a nursing home. And that's why a nursing home is quite expensive too because there's, that's why there is that government benefit there to help those who run out of money paying for their long-term care before they even get to a nursing home or once they're in the nursing home, run out of money in a short period of time. But here's the thing that I want our listeners to know. Okay? You can be prepared if you or a loved one go into a nursing home by focusing on three things. There are three things you can have and you're prepared. And it's not a none of these three things are a document, Gary. None of these three things are there's a magic trust out there that you can get that will prepare you if you go into a nursing home. And here are those three things. Number one, focus on the type of assets that you have. Because it is the type of asset that has always determined and will determine in the future whether you have to spend it, use it, or sell it before you can get government benefits. The type of asset you own determines protection. You're listening to Truth in Planning. I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors, and my co-host Kevin Tharp, estate planning and other law attorney today, is talking about and asking the question, are you prepared? And Kevin, earlier you mentioned being prepared for death because that's all it's going to happen to all of us. But now you're talking about something that precedes death. Are we prepared for that? Because we have to be prepared, both from a legal perspective, a financial perspective, and a, a, a social, a family perspective as well. We have to be prepared for that. And so I know that you give people ways to be able to do that. Exactly. And the way you know you're prepared is, first of all, Focus on the type of assets you have. You will not lose your home. Why? Because your home is the type of asset that is protected from spin down if you go into a nursing home. The nursing home cannot touch it. They cannot put a lien on it. The government will not touch it or put a lien on it while you are living because it is the type of asset that is protected. Same thing applies to your retirement account. IRA, 401k, 403b, regardless of how it's invested, a retirement account is the type of asset that is protected. So are your personal effects and your automobiles. So are your group life insurance and term life insurance policies. And if you're married, so are $150,000 in your banking accounts. Gary, there are certain types of fixed annuities that are also protected if you go into a nursing home. So it's not how much it's worth. It's the type of asset you own that you focus on. And once you focus on that, here's then the second thing to focus on makes complete sense. Focus on keeping ownership of your stuff. Don't think that you can take your home and put it in your children's names and it stay protected. Don't think that you can take your home and put it into any type of trust, especially an irrevocable trust, and it stays protected. Don't think because you have a will that your home is protected. It's not the type of document you choose. 
It's the type of asset you have and whether you keep or give up ownership that will determine protection. And so that's the second thing. Always make sure you keep ownership. Gary, if anybody is out there telling you or recommending to you that you give up ownership over your home in order to protect it, like put it in your kids' names, if anybody out there is telling you in order to get access to your bank accounts, you need to put your kids' names on them. If anybody's out there telling you you need to put your home in an irrevocable trust in order to protect it if you go into a nursing home, I urge you to get a second opinion. Make sure they're talking with you about the penalties and negative consequences of giving up ownership. We tell you those consequences. We tell you the benefits of keeping ownership. In fact, that's what we encourage our clients to do is keep ownership. And the third thing you can have that will protect you, you'll be prepared if you go into a nursing home, is make sure you have access and make sure others have access to take care of you. And you cannot give access by giving up ownership. You can't put your kids' names on your bank account so they can write checks for you if you become incapacitated. But if you put them in a revocable trust, you keep ownership, you have access, and it does not change the type of asset you own. So you put your home in a revocable trust, it's still your home, thus it's still protected. Others have access to help you if you're unable to help yourself, and you keep ownership so there's no penalties associated with it. Kevin, how would I get in touch with you if I wanted to talk more about being prepared? The best way, Gary, is through my website, kevintharpe.com. Coming up next, are your investments in the right place? So when is it a good time to make changes to your portfolio? I'm Gary Anderson, financial advisor, Anderson Advisors. And I'm Kevin Tharp, elder law and estate planning attorney. Kevin, in the earlier segment, we talked about the question that people are asking now because of all the things that have happened over the past year or so with inflation, with markets going down, how these things are affecting people both in retirement and people who are thinking about soon retiring. This is a really trying time because all of a sudden these things that you had confidence in all these years these funds these these uh, savings accounts the 401ks the iras the money that you have in the bank those types of things you had a lot of confidence that those were the what would be taking care of you for the rest of your life after you retire well now you're looking at your investments and most likely they're down if you're invested in the market and you don't know when that's coming back. We can't tell you when it's coming back. We have our feelings about things, but we really don't know. And so let's say you were planning on retiring this year. Well, you probably are thinking twice about that because you want to make sure that all these funds and these accounts that you have are going to be at a stage where they can take care of you through your retirement years. And that, like I said earlier, is the number one fear that people in retirement have is outliving their money. So one of the big questions that comes up, okay, Gary, you know, 
I'm looking at this portfolio that I have here, and it looks like I may need to make changes to make sure that I can have these this money when I throughout my lifetime, throughout my retirement. And so what changes do I need to make? And it's not that simple because sometimes you don't need to make any changes. Sometimes, like I said earlier, if you've been invested for a long time and you've had the investments in the portfolio the same as you had them 20, 30 years ago, yes, it's really time for a conversation because those investments probably aren't positioned the way they need to be now anyway. But outside of that, you've got to, it, it's not just about the investments themselves, but your time horizon has a lot to do with how you should be invested. So if we are looking at changing any investments, both for ourselves or anybody else, we're looking at our time horizon. What do we mean by time horizon? That's the time in which you're going to, the time, your time horizon is the time in which you're going to actually need to use this money for something, namely your retirement. So if you're planning on retiring at age 70, then that's your time horizon. That's, that's what you have to look at. Let's say you're 50 right now and you're in your, you plan on retiring at age 70 and eh, you still have a, a, in a good situation where you've got a little while to think about this thing a little bit more. But as you get closer, let's say you're 55, then your time horizon, if you're still planning on retiring at 70, is 15 years. Well, that has a lot to do with the recommendations that we make as far as the investments go. And these investments are still accounts. They're just investments. It's an account that you get a statement for every month, every quarter, whatever it is, and so you know how much it's worth. You kind of have an idea, hopefully, of what it can do for you. That's what the investment account should be doing. But that's part of a plan. The plan should determine how those investments are going to work for you. So just having the account itself is not everything that you need. You've got to have a plan. The investments need to fit the plan, and time horizon, naturally, is a big part of that. So if you're under 50 years of age, do you even think about this? No, not really. If you have a 401k, good for you. Put more money in it. Keep putting money into that 401k. Put as much as you can every year. Hopefully your employer is matching that. So if you're prior to age 50, don't think about it because you can still be aggressive. You're not concerned about the ups and downs of the market at this point, even though it might bother you if you look at your 401k statement. You're not really concerned, or you shouldn't be, because you have a lot of years for those funds to come back, those markets to come back, and be even greater than what they were before. So we're talking about people 50 years old and older now who need to start thinking about, mm, if I need to change these investments, how do I need to change them? What do I need to do? Time horizon being the one, one thing that we want to make sure that we're covering. And so also your long-term goals should affect how you invest. You know, a lot of people don't really have long-term goals until they start getting closer to their retirement years. You had long-term goals during the years you were working, during the years you had children, because one long-term goal very well could have been their education. And so you had that, this going on, but now you have to start thinking about yourself more and knowing 
these goals are going to affect how you are going to be able to live out your retirement. This is important. Don't ignore it and don't think that you need to have a conversation with your advisor about how to make sure that these funds are going to be there. How you invest during your retirement years is our topic today on Truth and Planning. And I'm talking with my co-host, Gary Anderson, financial advisor. And we're talking specifically about when, if any time, is it necessary to make adjustments to your investments and how that can impact you. And one of the things uh, that you mentioned, Gary, that I know I'm looking at is when I started investing, first place most people start investing is in their retirement account at their job, in their work. Once I started accumulating a little money uh, there was, uh, okay, my goals are different when I'm 31, just newly married, maybe just became a parent. My goals are different in saving and investing for future needs like paying off debts or my daughter's college education and further education. Now I'm into I'm into her education, and we're looking at those time of retirement may not be too far off in the future. That's right. And so I have we have to adjust those investments uh, and have those discussions with our financial advisor uh, about what do we do when things like that come up. Kevin, there are basically three different phases of your retirement years or your working and retirement years. The first one, accumulation. The next one, preservation. And the third is distribution. Now, during the accumulation years, that started when you were zero years old. But, Kevin, I can tell you that your first investments weren't in a 401K or an investment account of any type. Your first investments were in that piggy bank. That's true. You put money in there, and you were saving that money for something you wanted. might have been a bicycle, might have been some video game, whatever it is, you were saving money for that. And you knew if you put enough money in that piggy bank, if that piggy got heavy enough, then you probably were getting close to having enough money to do whatever it is you wanted to do. And really, when we look at our overall financial lives, you know, it's all really similar to that piggy bank. We're putting money into it. Your 401k is your piggy bank now. That's what's going to affect your retirement. You're looking at something to pay for with that 401k. That's your retirement you're going to be paying for with it. So, yes, it's important as we get closer to retiring to make sure that it's invested the right way. So the accumulation years are now. You're making your money. You're putting money. You're saving it. You're not using it for anything but future expenditures. So you want to make sure your accumulation years are and your working years are taking care or helping you for your retirement and making sure that your investments are correct there. Then we get to the preservation stage. That's when you do retire. And the preservation stage, that's when we want to make sure that we have the funds there, the funds are taking care of us, you're kind of circling the wagons to some extent at this point. This money will take care of me. I've saved it all this time. Now I want to keep it but I want it to also work for me. And that gets us into the distribution years, both distribution to ourselves and later down the line, distribution to our loved ones, our family, our spouses. So this all needs to be taken into consideration when we actually are thinking about or considering changing our investment. And so Kevin, this is something we like to do and we help people with this all the time. If you have questions, 
about the portfolio you have now, we'll be glad to have you talk, come in and talk about it. They can call us. You can talk, call us at Anderson Advisors, 888-371-2847, website gary-anderson.com. Investment advisory services are offered through Anderson Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm. Anderson Advisors is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investments involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Any reference to protection, safety, and lifetime income generally refers to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the strength and paying capabilities of the insurance carrier. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. You should consult with a financial advisor to help determine the best options for your particular circumstances. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not endorsed by the United States government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions construed herein presented by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. Completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Gary Anderson nor Anderson Advisors is affiliated with attorney J. Kevin Tharp or any guests on this show. Mm-hmm.